Welcome back to another episode of We Dare You. I'm Rio. And I'm Jen. And on this episode, Derek Chauvin has been found guilty on all three charges. Second degree unintentional murder. Third degree murder. Second degree manslaughter. Oof. Hefty. But with that being said, AOC put it perfectly the other day. Verdicts are not substitutes for policy change. I completely agree. While this stepping stone is great, it's a drop in the barrel. Yeah. One thing down and we just have to keep going. I got a question for you. Go ahead. How do you feel about the unintentional murder charge? Do you think that Chauvin intended to kill George Floyd? Do I think that he hopped out of his vehicle saying, I'm going to kill someone today? Today is the day that I murder someone in broad daylight? No. Um, after so many times of watching it and seeing him not budge, um, his body language, his facial expressions, after being told that Floyd is not responding, um, you can hear the fear in these people's voices shouting at him and he did nothing. Do I think his intention changed? Yeah. 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 Most definitely. I think throughout the course, something flipped and he said, I don't care. If this guy dies under me, he dies. Right, right. I am thankful that the prosecution did charge him with unintentional murder just because it would have been so hard to prove to a jury without a reasonable doubt, right, right that he intended. Because unless... It, to be honest, it's really hard for a lawyer, the state, the, whoever, to prove to certain people that there's a racial motive involved right. and intent because unless he had like swastikas and like a people Google, hanging. A Google search history of how to join Proud Boy. <laughs> yeah. Or like uh, pictures of like people hanging from trees. I'm glad they didn't go with intent and I'm also glad that they didn't go with like the race right. card because it's really hard to prove to certain people that there is an underlying bias in a lot of police officers. Yeah, it's easier to just prove that he's just not a good guy. Period. That's yeah. it. He's a bad dude. He needs to get locked up. He didn't listen to any of the signs around him, which you're supposed to do as a cop. You're supposed to be able to take into account your 360, you know what I mean, viewpoints, right? right? And Read make, the room. Yeah. Read the environment, bruh. He did none of that. And we, honestly, we're not really going to ever find out what his intent was because he never took the stand. Which... And that was for the best. Yeah. They would have ripped him. They would have ripped him. But that also makes me think like, obviously your team tells you whether to or not. Mm, yeah. So yeah. somebody's telling him, no, hell no, you're not going up there. Hell no. Because if I had a chance to sink my lawyer teeth into him, <laughs> I would have loved to do that, you know? So um, speaking of the trial, Can though, we talk about the trial. <laughs> Okay. It was a little boring. <laughs> Rhea has feelings no, about it's the trial. Not, okay, listen. It's not that I don't know what a real trial is like. Mm. It's obviously not law and order. No drama. No drama. And I think a lot of people maybe tuned in and then got bored because it wasn't law and order. 
Did you watch the Derek Chauvin trial at all? Honestly, no. How do you feel about the conviction of guilty on all three charges? I want to say I feel happy about it, but I don't because this is the this is the outcome that had to happen. If it didn't, it would just show how worthless this fucking country and its system is. If it were up to you, what would police reform look like? Police reform would look like more fucking training, more schooling, more weeding out um, different types of interview styles to figure out what kind of people you want on your force that are there to protect the people and not for just inciting violence. Did you watch the trial at all? I did watch a few pieces of the trial. Do you see this as justice being served or is this just accountability? Well, it's not even over, right? I mean, people talk about this like this is over. His his judgment could be like probation, theoretically, if you know what I mean, in the most dramatic terms. We should really wait before we make any determination about whether or not this is justice served. If it were up to you, what would police reform look like? I mean, well, police reform to me would look like a community of people that took care of their communities. There has to be a dedication to knowledge of the people that you serve, right? Whether or not it's in mental health care, um, whether or not it has to do with race or religious sect. But when I started watching it, I was like, where is the juice when... Jerry Blackwell opened mm, yeah. for the prosecution. I was like, where's the conviction? Where's the anger? I wanted to see, you know, some oomph. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't get that. And I thought he was going to start on fire. I still watched. I still watch because I'm not, I'm not expecting to see a primetime show. Yeah. This is, this is real life. But you know who I really enjoyed? Jonathan Rich. The cardiologist? Yes, I'm a nerd for information. I, I loved it. I love him. You can tell that he loves what he does. Mm-hmm. And he changed my life. Did he? He did. He made me want to stop smoking, so I did. Wait, you stopped smoking because of... I don't... Listen, I don't know how him being on the stand correlates into me stopping smoking. <laughs> Whatever. It worked. You changed my life, Jonathan Rich. Mr. Rich, you over here changed my co-host's life. Uh, give it up for Jonathan. <laughs> Yo, no, but he literally gave a TED Talk. Like, I think I... I love TED Talks. I can become a cardiologist like <laughs> i can go to school and succeed because jonathan rich got me there <laughs> um but i who you know honestly he was great but who i really loved ooh, who i also really liked was the firefighter she was on fire she did not back down with the rebuttal from um the defense the judge even had to tell her, excuse me, miss, uh, you need to answer. And she like rolled her eyes. She was fiery. But my favorite person was Steve Slisher. He was the state's attorney. And he seems like such a laid back, chill dude, too. He was so cute. He believed that Chauvin was guilty. Yeah, it showed. He did everything in his power that he could linguistically to make sure 
that that was proven, right? And even when the defense had certain people on the stand, his rebuttals, (laughs) it was spot on. I was like, I was just thinking that. I was just thinking that, Steve. I was just thinking that. (laughs) Loved him. Love, loved him. Can I say how shitty I found the defense? Bria and I, you know, we went back and forth a little bit about Mm. how I felt like the defense did the best he could to try and sway one juror. He failed at it. I Clearly now we know he did. <laughs> Listen, every time that he mentioned Floyd using drugs, I was like, so what? And because he liked to disconnect, he deserved to die that day. That's mm. what you're telling me? Right. Yeah. Like, come on. He continuously used some sort of reverse psychology on the witnesses even when he spoke to his own witnesses remember like he was talking and it was like he was telling them what to say yeah and i what really pissed me off was the most was him trying to diminish george floyd as a person it's like george is not on trial your client is on trial and he wasn't there to defend himself exactly i feel like that happens when you have zero faith that your client is innocent his past had nothing to do with the fact that your client had his knee on his neck period exactly it's like when you're caught in a lie and you try to get out of it it's like oh look a butterfly (laughs) everything was spoken about except what you're being called out on yeah it was terrible yeah he even did that with his um closing statement it was trash it was bananas he spoke about his high school fucking chocolate chip cookies space space aliens threw me i was just like bro what are you doing he was just fishing for shit and my favorite one besides superheroes was him talking about the prone position and how it's safe because when people get massages, they're put in prone position. No, that, 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 no correlation. Am I getting a massage on a hard concrete surface with another body on top of me? Three bodies on top of me and handcuffed. Ridiculous. Look, from what I saw in the defense's closing argument, I have no words. A mess. Then he had the nerve to ask for a mistrial. <laughs> what? You know how I feel about this little part of the mistrial and the judge. Judge Cahill, um, he seemed a little triggered. <laughs> yeah, though, you, you thought he was a racist. It was just the way he felt about Maxine Waters saying something about... We need a conviction. I don't know why that got under his skin so much. Like he was in a ba- he was in his bag about it. He was in his feelings. The way that I took it was that this was not his first rodeo with something like this happening, and maybe he was just fed up. That's how I saw it. I, I no, I hear you. I just how I saw it was a Republican talking about how you know uh, Congress people shouldn't have ideas about certain things. It just it just read me. Pull up your voting card. <laughs> Let's see. Okay? Because if it was up to you, would Chauvin walk? Like, that's what it gave. It made me nervous, to be honest. Girl, it wasn't just you. A lot of people were nervous. There were tons of people who thought there was a chance that this dude might walk. And 
that just goes to show you how little we trust our own government. I definitely got scared. And then I went on Twitter and he was trending. There were so many people talking about it. Also, there were Republican tweets saying this is this is grounds for a mistrial and Maxine Waters just ruined it. It's just like, tell me you're racist without telling me you're racist. <sighs> Pretty fucking much. So I was shook. But Mr. Nelson's like grounds for a mistrial were that TV shows and the media were reporting about it. It's been a year. Come What? <laughs> this unfortunate death sparked something internationally. It was a global movement. Seriously. So you would have had to found someone living under a rock that hadn't heard of it. They, they couldn't have had any form of technology. They couldn't have read a newspaper. You would have had to have just been born to not <laughs> know what was going on. Fresh out the pussy. <laughs> Slippery. <laughs> Sorry, that was unnecessary. This is a serious... Uh, episode so we gotta get our little jokes in while we're watching the verdict and feeling some sense of relief right for that moment kind of soaking it in that finally someone was held accountable finally a couple of states away a young girl named Micaiah Bryant which I don't know if that's the way to pronounce her name yeah while we're recording this this story is still ongoing it's still fresh maybe by the time you guys hear this episode we'll have the full story of exactly what happened she had a knife which again doesn't mean you need to die she was murdered in broad daylight it's like nobody in the police department in any state are you paying attention to what's happening exactly i get that you're saying that we had this moment um and it was short-lived but when you really think about it, did we we didn't even get to watch the trial in peace because while the trial was going on, Dante Wright was killed. Right. And we saw footage from Adam Toledo, who was the young man, I think he was 13 years old, who was shot. Realistically, no one learned anything. No. No one took not. away anything. And I don't mean us. I mean law enforcement. Right. They didn't gain anything from watching their fellow officer get the clank clank. Right. I mean, you know, when I watched um, this video of Miss Bryant, the police officer literally just stepped out of his car, said two words and then shot. He didn't assess the situation long enough. And we both know already the mayor has said that he was defending the other young girl. But to be honest, the way he shot, he could have killed the young girl that he was supposedly defending. Yeah, when I, when I watched the video, I told myself I wasn't going to, but then it's everywhere now and there was no way to not see it. I said, before you told me what the, the mayor was saying, yeah. I said, I was like, you know, they can easily say that. She had a knife. She was charging towards someone. He sees it as an act of violence and he's saving another life right but wouldn't this have been the perfect moment to be on that taser 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 type of shit true um pepper spray yeah anything a nightstick 
this is gonna sound real fucked up punch a bitch (laughs) okay like there are why do we condition our police officers to shoot first yeah and ask questions later yeah bruh and she called the cops that's the saddest part about the whole situation just imagine you fear for your life to the point where you call the cops and you're the one that ends up being killed by the help that you called you try and jump me I'm going to try anything in my power to defend myself. I'm grabbing garbage cans. Uh, yeah, you know, like sometimes that's your, if you don't know how to fight, that's all you think about, right? And again, this story is still unfolding. But during our research for this episode, mostly this epi is going to be our thoughts and feelings on the Chauvin trial like we just did and gun violence in general. Yeah, this is mostly an opinion-based episode. But I've realized that America has a problem with gun violence, whether it's, I don't care if it's a cop in the line of duty, homegrown terrorist, because that's a thing that is run rampant. Um, Thriving. (laughs) Gang violence, domestic violence, with with a firearm we even have this notion that sending young men and women into the military at a uh, their babies yeah we're sending kids to war to war you know that it's okay it's a little frustrating when you think when you sit back and think about it our country has such an attachment issue to owning guns that our own government officials won't create or pass stricter gun laws which what is up with that now i'm not saying that i want us to abolish our right to bear arms right but why is it that i can have an arsenal of military grade weapons if i don't live in a war zone or have a militia (laughs) they literally are creating militias out here (laughs) why is it that i have an arsenal and i live in a three-bedroom home in suburbia what the fuck is that about why is it that i can have an arsenal of military-grade weapons and i'm a high school student have you been paying attention to the headlines of all these mass shootings happening back to back absolutely they hit like blows every single one of them this is like the hardest thing I've ever gone through as a, as a people. Have you been paying attention to the headlines of all the mass shootings that have been happening? Yes. Do you think that's something that's been going on and not been covered or something that's just happening now more than ever? I mean, I definitely think in the last few years there's been a lot more coverage on mass shootings, but I do think that there has been more of them now than there have been in the past. How do you feel about gun laws? I support our Second Amendment to a certain extent. I definitely think that our gun laws and how we are able to obtain a gun and a license should be a lot more, um, you know, heavy. Um, I feel like it's a lot harder to, like, walk into a dispensary and buy weed than it is to walk into a fucking, like, shop and buy a gun. Do you think that this is something that's always been going on and we just weren't paying attention or it wasn't hitting headlines? I think it wasn't hitting headlines. Absolutely. Um, the reason why those people are so flagrant and so blatant in their murders are because they don't consider them murders. Because in their towns, in their states, those things have happened for generations. Not just years, generations. How do you feel about gun laws? 
I think that if we take care of the mental health of our people, then guns will not be a problem. Our Second Amendment right, I, you know, I I agree with. Yeah. Like, to have it to defend your house from somebody who's trying to harm your family or you or a burglar or a bear, (laughs) (laughs) crocodile, (laughs) bobcats, all reasons. Raccoon. (laughs) Damn, girl. These raccoons have gotten vicious. You do not need to shoot a raccoon. No, I'll scare it away. (laughs) I'm not just going to be out here shooting animals. Animal cruelty. (laughs) I'm saying I'm not with it. Fire warning shot. Yeah. I uh, love how you were so chill about that. It is what it is. Back to what we were talking about. I almost lost my train of thought. Again, Second Amendment. We're down with that. But why are the gun laws so lax when it comes to semi-automatic weapons? When it comes to purchasing a weapon in general, it's ridiculously lenient. Yeah, like... AR-15s shouldn't be in the hands of regular citizens. I'm sorry. And a semi-automatic weapon. There's no need for it. Yeah, we've gone to the gun range and the AR-15 is a toy. Seriously. Compared to shooting a Glock, it's light. There's no kickback. Um, What would we... Was it a 9mm? Yeah. The kickback on that is crazy. I thought it was going to fly out of my hands a couple of times. Yeah. It's heavy. No, the AR was like, I I was in Call of Duty. I was like, yeah, this is, it it was fun. Mm -hmm. Like the Glock was more of a serious, I felt more serious and like scared of that. Yeah, I didn't like shooting it actually. Like I didn't enjoy it as much. It was a nice experience being at the range, but I was like, this gun is like hefty. Yes. And then the AR was like, oh yeah, I can can mess with it. And the fact that we felt like that. Someone who has a couple screws loose or going through um, some type of episode of mental health. Yeah. I mean, come on. It shouldn't be accessible. Yeah. In Indiana, if you're 18, you can purchase a weapon. 18 and older. And even if you're not 18, if you're under 18 with permission from a guardian or parent, you can buy a weapon how are you allowed but you can't smoke a cigarette or drink what sense does that make how are how are people comfortable with a child possessing a weapon yeah and this goes back to i don't understand why republicans are so scared to change the law like i don't care that the people who elected you you know, they all have guns. Okay, so what? But just tell them, hey, listen, like, we need to have a database. You cannot purchase a weapon, apply for a weapon, and purchase it in the same day. It's just... That shouldn't be at all. Same day shouldn't... You need at least 60 to 90 days to figure out if someone has an agenda. Yeah, like, if I was angry to the point where I wanted to shoot some shit up, and then I went in and you told me I had to wait 90 days... I would have cooled down by then. Right. My mind would have changed. Yeah. You know, speaking of Indiana, you were telling me about what happened at the FedEx. Mm -hmm. I'm sure some of our listeners have heard of it because it made national news. How old was he? 19. 
Brandon Hall, 19 years old, was a former employee of FedEx. He went in, killed eight people, seven were injured, and he peeped this out of the whole story. He was able to make two legal purchases back in July and September after being released from a psychiatric detention center. His own oh mother God. reported him to law enforcement, stating that he was going to attempt suicide by cop. I didn't even know that was a thing. Suicide by cop? Yeah. Yeah, girl. No, I didn't know that. I had never heard of that. Really? <laughs> yes, yes, I have not. This is news to me. You didn't know that? <laughs> no. Yes, M- little misinformation over here did not know that, yes. Wow, okay. Anyway, um, he was interviewed by the FBI, but since he had no racially motivated violent extremism ideology... So... Because he wasn't a terrorist? Boom. They let it go. They let him go. They, they let... They let. There was no pro, Like, there was no reason to investigate him because of that. They didn't find reason. Yeah, but that's like... How can a mother cry out for help to the FBI to no avail? Like, she gave a warning and instead eight people have died mm-hmm. and her son is dead. And this is a perfect example of why we need stricter gun laws. Mm-hmm. How is it that a kid released from a psychiatric detention was able to make two legal purchases of firearms? With no radar. No, no, ding, ding, ding. Uh, no, don't buy, don't sell to him. Nothing. I'm not going to go into the details of every mass shooting that has happened in 2021 so far. By the way, we've had over 140 some people just snap. Yep. It's, it's listen, anybody can have a series of events that will lead them down a dark road. And I'm not saying that you might pick up a gun and do, you know, something like kill a whole bunch of people, but you might take it out on yourself. You might take it out on your kids. You might take it out on your coworkers. Like having layers of trauma on you will result in bad things look at the and the nfl player Mm. that randomly shot that family yeah five people he wounded one two babies babies and this is this was they say it's random i'm a little iffy about that me too (laughs) but again we don't know the motive because he killed himself right so we really don't and and when someone commits an act like this and doesn't leave anything behind it's really just up in the air to connect the dots somehow or just assume they had a mental break the only thing that linked them the cops can't find it for like factual but the dad said that uh he was a patient of the doctor and while we were doing some research you know we tried to find other mass shootings that maybe not have made national news yeah didn't hit the headlines yeah, yeah. and we found this sad story in texas um, this story is just dark yeah. it's super dark this kid farhan tohid i might not be pronouncing his last name right 19 year old kid he suffered from depression him and his brother right the, his yeah his older brother and basically they made a pact that if they couldn't fix their depression within a year they were going to commit suicide 
and take their family with them to basically spare them from the grief of losing them. How heavy is that? That's crazy. To think that a 19-year-old could feel that amount of pain to want to take his life and his family's. The letter that he left was the most disturbing part because in the letter he said, if you're reading this, I killed my family and myself. Right. Like that sounds like pretty sure. Yeah. Yep. He was not going to back down from it. This is extra just information that we found out. In March of 2020 until June of 2020, almost 6 million guns were purchased, mostly because people were scared about the pandemic and just goes to show you how many guns are legally in the street right Mm -hmm. now. That is not counting all of the illegal guns that flood low-income neighborhoods. Let's just be honest, you know? So we have an issue in America with guns. Also in 2020, 25,000 people, almost 25,000 people committed suicide by gun. My days. That's insane. Yeah. This exactly goes back to mental health. Yeah. Like Robert Aaron Long, the 21 year old that went on a shooting rampage because he's, well, he says he's a sex addict. I didn't know he was that young. Yeah. He, this was March 16th in Atlanta. Right. He hit three different massage parlors, Asian owned, and killed eight people. I cannot believe that there are more ways to buy a gun than there are ways to get therapy. Yeah. Basically. What is wrong in America that we have conditioned people to think that to deal with your trauma normal reactions are to hurt other people i know i know nobody like condition no one tells you that that's right but it's like i don't know even myself when i look at videos i'm desensitized i don't have that same feeling i've seen how many of these videos i've seen how many kids go into schools i've seen how many police officers kill black and brown people I don't get that like same initial reaction that I used to get when I was younger. Now right. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. we're not a fucking other one. You yeah, know? we're not completely numb to it, but we're not surprised anymore. So it's like, imagine being a young kid suffering from depression, bullied, isolated, and seeing all of this stuff online. I can see how a young troubled mind can be appealed by violence. Yeah. And then able to just go to a gun shop and purchase a gun and do what he does. Yeah. When you don't have someone to listen to you, you have teachers who are not helping you with the bullies in class. When you go home to your parents and maybe they have their own issues, maybe they're an alcoholic, maybe they're never home, whatever it is. Abusive. Right. And then a world that... (laughs) Doesn't give a fuck about you. And this is also how you get sucked into gangs. Yep. Fucking the Proud Boys. You find fringe groups that will take you in because, oh, they feel all the same way. Like, (sighs) girl, I am so exasperated by life. Can we just have a moment of peace? Just one 
fucking moment. It's nonstop. I'm at a point where I'm like, you know what? Get rid of the police and just start from scratch. That's where I'm at. <laughs> get rid of the police. Get rid of gun laws. Like everything needs to start from the beginning. Throw it away. Start over. You know, I still watch Miss America and like Miss Universe. Really? Yeah. I'm judging a little bit. You didn't, you didn't watch them when you were younger? No, I was never attracted to those types of things. Well, Be- my beauty pageants and stuff like that just wasn't my thing. See, but this goes to my like queer side because I totally was like, she's hot. Oh, I was like, <laughs> nah, I just wasn't appealed by it. Like, I thought you were going to say something like RuPaul's Drag Race like no. that. I fucks with. Listen, listen to where I'm going with this. When I was younger, I used to hear the, oh, what do you want in life? You know, that that question that they always ask and everyone's always like world peace. And I always just thought it was so cliche. Yeah. But now I understand why. I agree. Why world peace is the motherfucking answer. I have never wanted world peace more (laughs) than I do right now in this second. And that's honest to everything. Have you ever watched a pageant before? Yes, I have. When you did, you never, like that that saying, I don't think. It would, never stuck with me. It never right. resonated. And now as you're older, you're like, holy shit. Yes, give me the crown. Yes. Give me the mic so I can say I want world peace. Literally, Pleading, girl, begging. I will put on a gown. Okay, I will do the walk. I will do the whole thing. I will wave. I just need y'all to understand that we all want world peace just the same. So maybe they have something right that I didn't really see (laughs) when I was younger. I was just looking at some ass. (laughs) This episode, again, was an opinion episode, mostly about our feelings on gun laws and just recent headlines. Murderous cops and mass shootings are topics that have to have their own episodes because holy shit, there's so much to talk about and so much more to cover. The psyche of mass shooters and the training of police is something that is intricate and it's a sensitive topic. It deserves full coverage. You feel me? Yeah. And we mostly wanted to say that we cannot stop at the Chauvin trial. Unfortunately, unless policies literally change tomorrow and they are implemented and for some reason every single person is fixed and all police are fixed, there will be more incidents for us to talk about. I am too exhausted for dares. Until next time, guys. Over and out.